Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho, and his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still, and he commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, teacher, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. You may be seated this morning. God laid this on my heart today. I, I guess in many ways myself, I relate to this blind man, Bartimaeus. I think that's why many times I, I've been drawn to this particular uh, incident and over the years in my life because I think blind Bartimaeus can represent us many times during our lives. Many times where we find ourselves blind, alone, feel forsaken and without hope. Standing on the roadside hoping that there'll be someone to help us out. Someone that would lend a hand. Someone that would reach out to us. Begging, alone, afraid, and feeling hopeless. Artemis had been blind for a long time, most likely since he was born. And he had spent his life begging. He had spent his life searching, seeking, trying to get something from others. Bible says that he wore a garment, and that garment would have been his most prized possession. It would have been very heavy, and it would have been very warm. And uh, the way that they worked back then is that every time that their garment would get a tear in or a hole, uh, they would find another piece of cloth or fabric, and they would sew it over the and patch it, and they would patch it all over to repair it and to strengthen it. And it would become heavier and heavier. But they needed that because they had no place to live. He lived on the street. He was a beggar. And so when it got cold at night in the desert and in this place, uh, he would need the warmth from this, this coat to keep him warm. Otherwise, he would freeze to death. So this coat was a security blanket to him. This outer garment was a security blanket to him meant the world to him. It was really his only prized possession. He needed it. He was dependent upon it. 
It gave him comfort. It gave him a sense of peace as long as he had it on him. It's hard for you and I to understand or comprehend what that would mean to him. But think about it, how you feel when you enter into your house. When you've been out in the world all day, maybe you've had a bad day, uh, maybe you've had a crisis, I don't know, maybe you know, you've had a bad experience, but when you walk into your house, there's a comfort and a peace there that you don't have maybe on your job. Do you know what I'm saying? It's your place of safety. It's your refuge. It's where you can take your coat off, take your shoes off, sit down in the chair, prop your feet off, and vegetate for a while. You know what I'm saying? Chill. It is your place of comfort, your peace. Well, in Barnabas' life, in Barnabas' life, this coat was his refuge, his comfort, his peace. That's why every time it tore, he patched it up again. He couldn't afford a new garment. And so he had to just make this one keep working. Keep making it work. In our lives this morning, I believe that we have instances, and maybe there are those here this morning, that like Bartimaeus, you have wrapped yourself to protect yourself from hurt, from pain, or you've shrouded yourself in bitterness and anger or jealousy, or shrouded yourself in fear, complacency, worry, doubt, anxiety, that we've covered ourselves like a coat. And we think that it brings us comfort, protection, we become so used to it that when it tears, we patch it up. Mm-hmm. When it grows weak, we just add another layer to it. Yes. And it continues to grow and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier and, heavier and harder to carry. Yet we carry it every day. We, we lay and we sleep with it on. We wake up with it all. We live our lives with it all. Every day, carrying it with us. The burdens were hunched over because of the weight. Unable to get any kind of peace or relief. Unable to find any way out. Because we're so wrapped up in our garment. We cannot take it off. Afraid to take it off because we've had it so very very long it's take care of us so long that anger has kept us protected for so long I don't get hurt when I'm angry and bitter because I hold everybody out at arm's length it protects me right I don't get hurt as long as I keep a constant feeling of anger and bitterness <coughs> Because I just keep everybody else stiff on. Right? I take comfort and worry all the time because I feel like by worrying, there's some way I can control what happens to tomorrow. And so I worry and I worry and I worry and I have anxiety and fear and doubt 
And I wrap myself in it. It seems like we wouldn't want to do that, but we do. We wrap, we clothe ourselves in that because we think it protects us by being prepared. Being prepared for the next shoe to drop. Being prepared for the next bad thing to happen. Being prepared or trying to take care of everything ourselves. We're worry, 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 anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. Fear, fear, fear. We wrap ourselves in But instead of it protecting it, instead of it helping us, instead of us it bringing us what we want it to bring, which is peace, it only adds. And every time... One worry starts to fade. We sow another worry on to it. Amen. Right. Right. Making it heavier and heavier and heavier. We have our cloaks, our, our garments built out of selfishness and self-centeredness and self-righteousness and pride. I can do it all on my own. I don't need anybody else. I don't want anybody else's help. I'm not weak. I'm strong. I can't afford to show weakness to anyone. And so I hide my weakness under the garment of pride and selfishness and self-centeredness. At the heart of every prideful person is weakness. Uh Let me say that one more time. At the heart of every prideful, arrogant person is weakness. Because we coat ourselves in pride. We're like M&M's, candy-coated outside. Because the chocolate on the inside, if exposed, would melt. We coat ourselves, we garment ourselves with pride and arrogance and (laughs) selfishness and self-centeredness to protect the weakness on the inside. Believing that we can protect ourselves by pretending that we're self-sufficient. Mm. Wow. By pretending that we can do it all on our own, that we don't need help. By pretending that we just don't need anybody else. We put that garment on. And we continue to layer upon layer upon layer of arrogance and pride and selfishness and self-centeredness. And what ultimately happens when we put that garment on and it begins to grow is we are unable to see anyone else but ourselves. For we hunch over and all we can see are our own toes. As we walk, because of the heaviness of that garment, all we see is our own feet. We can't see anything around us. And then there are those of us who wear the garment of sin. Rebelliousness. Continuing to live lives that are not holy, that are not set apart, laying upon ourselves self-satisfaction of self-satisfaction over self-satisfaction, self-indulgence over top of self-indulgence over top of (laughs) self-indulgence, habit on top of habit upon habit upon habit. Layering ourselves with sin. Hebrews said, cast aside every weight, the sin that so easily besets us. We coat ourselves in sin. Because for a moment in time, the sin gives us peace or joy or fulfillment. 
But see what happens, just like that garment, is eventually it fades. Enjoyment fades. So we gotta slap another layer on. We gotta up the ante. We gotta increase it. Increase and add to it so that we feel the comfort and the peace. And every time we add that sin up or we add to it or we go into, get into worse scenarios and situations and practice worse things and continue to become more and more and more engulfed, we become more and more numb yes. to the world around us right. and to the voice of God. You cannot feel God's presence if you are clothed in sin. I cannot feel God's presence if I have a garment of sin that I wear into his house. I cannot feel God's presence if I have a garment of sin that I bring around with me at all times. See, we're supposed to wear the armor of God. But many of us cover that armor or lay down that armor with an armor of sin. Rebelliousness. Now, nobody likes to talk about their sin. I don't like to talk about my sin. But we all have them. We all have those things that we enjoy privately. And that we sew on our garments. Some of us have more thicker garments than others. But we all have them. And the question to us today is, what are we going to do with the garments? What are we going to do with it? You and I carry our garment everywhere. We can't carry it, and it gets dirtier and dingier, and layer upon layer we place upon it until it's so heavy it has no value anymore except to weight us down. Wow. The garment hinders us, and it keeps us from accomplishing God's purpose in our lives. Which is why we are called to lay it aside. Amen. Lay aside every weight. Stop adding to our garment. Let me tell you something here about blind Bartimaeus. When Jesus healed him, guess what he didn't do? Look at Mark chapter 10. He didn't go pick up his coat. Look at Mark chapter 10. When Jesus healed him, he left his coat where he dropped it. The Bible says that he turned and followed after him down the street to Jerusalem. Right? He followed after him. He dropped his coat. He was healed. He left his coat in a pile and moved on. He left his most prized possession on the ground. Because he exchanged the temporal for the eternal. He exchanged the physical for the spiritual. He exchanged something that moth and rust could destroy for something that no man could destroy. He exchanged that for what God had to offer. When you put down your garment, put it in the trash. In fact, don't just put it in the trash. Burn it. Burn it so you can never pull it out again. Burn it. Destroy it. 
destroy it. Make sure you can never see it again. Exchange the temporary for the eternal. Right? I need to exchange my selfishness, my self-centeredness, my pride for the eternal. I need to exchange the sin that so destroys me and controls me right now in the present that gives me tiny bit of satisfaction. I need to get rid of that for the eternal, for eternal peace, eternal satisfaction, eternal hope. I need to get rid of the fear, the worry, the anxiety in this physical world. Cast it aside and turn to the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The one who said he will give according to his riches and glory. The one who said don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. There's enough trouble today. The one who said I know the very hairs on your head. The one who said, see the sparrow, he doesn't worry about tomorrow, but the food is provided that day what he needs. He said, look at the lilies of the valley and the grass of the field, and how well they're clothed. And yet, Solomon, all of his glory, and all of his wealth, and all of his wisdom, and all of his money was never clothed as one of those. Solomon was the most unhappiest man in the world. And he tried to fill it with wives and concubines and money and wealth and buying stuff and material things and big houses. Solomon tried to fill the void where he he abandoned God. Read his works and Ecclesiastes sometimes. When he finally realized he wasted his life. He and all of his money and all of his effort to get stuff was never clothed and as beautiful as a lily in your backyard. And that lily withers and dies. Now if God will clothe the flowers of the field, if he will feed the birds of the air, he says, then how much will he take care of you? So take that worry, that doubt, and that fear. Exchange it for eternal peace, joy, and comfort. Take our anger and our bitterness and our resentment and exchange it for what only God has to offer. All these things do is they hurt us. They destroy us ultimately. They'll leave us malformed, handicapped, crippled. There's a study out that, especially in the generation since computers have become so popular, where, where you sit at a computer and your posture, and this is how I sit, and I've been doing for 20 years, 
like this. Right? Especially as my eyes have gotten worse, so i got to get closer to the monitor. But what I've noticed in myself is that now that I'm getting older, the old neck, the old back starts to hurt. And what happens over time is you get a hunch on your back. Happening to kids too. Yeah. From being in their cell phone. So you become handicapped. Yeah. Right? And you could do permanent damage if you don't correct it. But there are ways to correct it. But you got to first acknowledge there's a problem. Wow. That's good. Right? There's ways to correct it by enforcing posture, proper posture while you're sitting. So that you're setting straight up and that you're not hunched over. Enforcing proper posture will, over time, fix that before if you do it before it's too late. But you got to recognize, I have to recognize there's a problem before it can be fixed. I have to recognize that I am wearing a garment before I can lay it down. And the sad state of affairs in the church... As many of us don't even realize we're wearing the garment. Amen. Amen. You know the old adage, you take a frog, you put it in a pan, on cold, and you over time turn it up. I mean very slowly. That frog will stay in the pan until you cook it. Right? That is, he won't move. His body adjusts to the temperature very slowly, and he will stay until he dies doesn't even recognize he's in the frying pan. Doesn't even recognize he's in the fire. Because he's been there so long. And it started out light, right? It was just a nice jacket, a windbreaker that we put on, right? Telling a little lie. Or getting a little angry. Being a little jealous. Right? Nice little windbreaker. Oh, I'll take it off when the weather gets nice. And then we add to that. And we add it. And we add it. Until finally... We're desensitized to the weight of our garment, not even realizing how handicapped that it's made us. Not even recognizing what it's done to us. That has turned us into a beggar. Wow. Alone. On the roadside. Begging. Looking for hope. Looking for peace. Looking for joy. Wanting something more. But we're simply begging on the roadside. Well, we don't have to be begging on the roadside. But as children of the king, we are princes and princesses. We are his child, his son, his daughter. We don't have to be beggars. But like the prodigal son, we make ourselves beggars. And we do not live with the freedom, with the productiveness, with the purpose that God has for us because we have relegated ourselves to beggars. Wow. But this is the great thing about God. Is that you and I don't have to remain a beggar. Amen. In his mercy and his grace and his love. He will set us free. Amen. We don't have to be beggars any longer. But the Bible says that when blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming by, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They said, be quiet. Hush. Be quiet. How many times do you think about turning to God, but you have the voice in your head that says, nah, I'm okay. How many times have you thought about giving it to God and then thought for a second, no, I got this. Or how many times have you thought about giving it to God and calling upon Him and giving up that sin and the devil whispers in your ear, you don't want to do that. How many times have you and I taken off the garment, laid it aside, and then let the devil talk us into putting it back on again? Yeah. The crowd shouted, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. God is telling somebody here today, do not allow the enemy to silence you. For he's here to deliver. He's here to set free. He's here to change what you thought could not be changed. Do not let the enemy quiet you. But what he says, sit down and shut up. Stand up and shout loud. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. For when I shout, when I don't let my inner voice or my guilt or my shame or my bitterness or my anger or the voice of the enemy keep me sitting still, when I reach the place where I'm tired of begging and I don't allow the enemy to keep me quiet, Jesus will stand still. For when Bartimaeus continued to call out, Jesus heard it. And he stopped in his tracks. And he said, bring him to me. Bring him to me. Jesus stopped in his tracks for a beggar. He stopped and he healed him. He said, bring him to me. Bartimaeus stood. He dropped that garment. He didn't have to drop the garment. He did. Why? Because he knew he didn't need it anymore. He wasn't going back to it. He knew that when Jesus stopped and called for him, guess what was going to happen? He was going to be healed. He knew before Jesus healed him, before Jesus healed him, he had so much faith that he was going to be healed that he left his most prized possession on the ground behind him, knowing he was not going to go back to it. That's awesome. So this morning, the Holy Spirit has been working on your heart. I believe God laid this on my heart for a reason. God wants someone to know today telling someone today I will provide for you I will heal you I will meet your need I will be everything you need me to be that's actually that's it I will be everything you need me to be he will be everything you need him to be if you will cast down your garment of fear Worry, anxiety, and doubt. He will be everything you need him to be. If we can cast aside the anger, the selfishness, the self-centeredness, and the sin that so easily besets us. But look, 
before blind Bartimaeus could be healed, he had to know that Christ could heal him, and he had to cast aside by faith that which he was his most prized possession. He had to put it aside so that he could be healed. This morning, God is challenging someone today to leave it in your seat. Leave it and allow him to be everything you need him to be. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.